This episode of the podcast is sponsored by our friends at Wizarding Days, Five Wives Vodka, Market Source Real Estate, and The Melting Pot. We're going to be telling you more about them throughout this episode. All right, let's welcome everybody out today to a brand new episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. If this is your very first time listening to us and you're like, what is this podcast I found? Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people right here in Salt Lake City. We're talking to musicians, authors, business owners, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries. I think you guys get the idea. We're talking to anybody that might have a cool story to share. So I want to welcome everybody out to episode 367. My name is Chris, and I'm here with my awesome co-host, Christina. She's sitting across the table. How are you doing over there? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Hanging in there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually really excited for this episode today. So we got to talk with Aliquity from the Travel Gluten-Free Podcast, which was really fun because we've talked about doing a gluten-free episode for a while. And we got to find out all about the rad places in Salt Lake City that are gluten-free and, you know, kind of like how she lives gluten-free, basically. Great podcast episode. Like Christina said, I've been wanting to do this for a while. I've been gluten-free for probably, well, actually probably closer to four years now. Uh, so it was really great to bring a liquidy in. Like we mentioned in this conversation, we met her at a podcast conference in Philadelphia. Yeah, just randomly. That's what I love about this podcast community is how it uh, pulls people together. Anyway, we're recording today right in beautiful downtown Salt Lake City in our podcast studio. We're located in the back of Empire Merchandise. Empire Merchandise is located at 680 South State Street. Now, not only does Empire have an amazing selection of vape juice and vape accessory accessories, but this is where you can get your very own I Am Salt Lake podcast t-shirt. So come on in, pick up a t-shirt, support the podcast. And don't forget, you can always visit us online at our website at IamSaltLake.com. This is where you can dig through the entire catalog of back episodes and find any podcast episode you want to listen to. And you can also actually get your own I Am Salt Lake t-shirt right there. Just click the shop tab. Hey, before we get into this conversation with Aliquity, let's talk about one of our awesome sponsors, Market Source Real Estate. Hey, I know there's a lot of listeners. You're looking to move to Salt Lake City, right? And you're like, I don't know who to contact. I don't know who to even talk to. Market Source Real Estate is who you want to go hit up. Jeremy and Monique, great people over there at Market Source Real Estate. If you love the charm and character of old homes, you need to contact them. Yeah, because for the past 17 years, these guys have been specializing in helping people buy and sell homes in the Sugar House and the greater Salt Lake area. They have a background of flipping houses, and they've owned almost two dozen homes themselves, so they know all the ins and outs of these older homes. Also, if you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate, they specialize in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase the value and make the sellers some more money. So if you're looking to buy a home or if you're looking to sell a home, Contact Monique and Jeremy over at Market Source Real Estate. Their info can be found at thinksaltlakecity.com or give them a call at 801 810 6773. And of course, many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's jump into that conversation that we had with Aliquity when she came and sat down with us in our podcast studio to share her story. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. Let's get going. You ready to okay. go, Chrissy? I think yep. I think volumes cool. sound good. We'll get cool. we'll get chatting before we lose all this fun stuff to talk about. That's it. true. Oh, I always have fun. Stuff a liquidy. To talk about. Now, 
Have you heard us start the shows this way is what did your childhood smell like? Have you heard yes. us ask that question? What yes. did yours smell like a liquidy? Oh, wow. Probably soft pretzels from Philadelphia. Really? Oh. That's like one of my biggest memories. Soft pretzels from Philadelphia and my grandfather's basement where he had his pool table where I used to play pool with all my Italian uncles. Very cool. So how long, so you grew up in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. How long, like how old were you when you moved away? So I was 24 when I moved away from Philadelphia and uh, then lived in Florida for a while. Whereabouts in Florida? Um, 45 minutes northeast of Walt Disney World. So my children had seen everything you could probably see at Walt Disney World. <laughs> oh, lucky kids, man. I've, yeah. ne I've never been to Florida. And the, obviously the first time we were talking before we started recording to the uh, podcast conference going on out in Orlando. So we're excited to go check it out. What would you, okay, here's a, here's a, here's a question. Uh, well, maybe we shouldn't ask for Florida tips. We're not a, we're a Utah. We totally podcast. ask for Florida. <laughs> we'll ask for Florida tips after yeah. the recording. Okay. But let's, well, I want to kind of even jump right into the gluten-free stuff. Let's do it. Uh, well, okay. Gosh, I'm bouncing around. I'm excited to bring you in here, first of all, because awesome. we met at Podcast Movement yeah. last summer, and, and I've been like, oh, Liquidy's coming. And we've been talking about podcast. getting you on and doing a gluten-free episode Since for last so summer. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it's so funny that we both live in Utah, but we met in Philadelphia. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I actually had mistaken you for another podcaster <laughs> in Utah, because apparently it's there's the so many podcasters in Utah that have long beards. And I thought you were that other podcaster. I was like, Hey, how's it going? And you're like, I don't know you, but, hey, but you're from Utah. So yes. when, did, when did you come to Utah then? What's that? All um, about? I came to Utah seven years ago. So uh, no, it's well, seven and a half now. So it was the summer of 2011, which I came to Utah or 2012. I can't remember which summer. And so I moved from Florida to park city because uh, I was driving down um, in through, I visited several places in Utah and I love the national parks. And I love doing all the outdoorsy stuff and drove down um, parks into old town and park city. And I absolutely loved it because it kind of reminded me of the town I lived in, in Florida, because I lived in a college town and it had like the old historic main street, which I love and the little shops and everything. And so I just decided I was going to uh, move to Utah and just figured out how to save up my money and to uh, rent a house out here. Was it a culture shock for you coming from Florida to Utah, especially in 20, 2011, you said? Mm -hmm. So that was eight, nine years ago. Yeah. Right? Like, what? I think anytime world. you move from Florida to anywhere else is a culture shock because <laughs> Florida is just a whole, it's a kind of a whole state into itself. It's very, I guess, unique. Um, but yeah, it was definitely different. I think it was more of a culture shock being from Philadelphia and living in Utah. Sure. Because in Philly, kind of anything goes and I, um, and you, you know, all the people that are like on your street and you know, a lot of the people it's more community oriented and mm -hmm. people usually will live in the same town and then their children will live in the same town or on the same street. And so not a lot of people move out of the area or move in where in Florida, it's extremely transient. And then out in Utah, it's kind of like an, I guess an in-between, but yeah, it's definitely different. And I did not grow up um, conservative. So that was very different for me as well. But Park City's pretty liberal. Yeah. So. Park City is actually the most liberal town that I found when I was driving around Utah um, for a couple of weeks, like looking for a potential place to move. And so that's actually one of the reasons why I decided to live in Park City. Plus um, I wanted to ski because I hadn't uh, lived in a ski town before. And I thought that was kind of a fun idea too. But you love it now? I do. I like it a lot. I actually, one of my favorite place in Utah is Sugar House. Really? Yeah. Oh, have you thought of so moving fun. to Sugar I, House? I have thought of moving to Sugar House, but I don't think I could get the rest of my family to go there. 
<laughs> Very yeah, cool. I love Sugar House. It's, grow- it's grown up to be like a really cool and trendy place. What I'm excited to bring you on this podcast for, Liquidy, we've talked about chatting about gluten-free here in Salt yeah. Lake City. We have a lot of listeners that are gluten-free. I've learned that through the years of doing it because I converted to a gluten-free lifestyle a few years ago. And so I've learned about which listeners are gluten-free because it gets brought up about places to eat in Salt Lake, Park City, around the area. And I'm hoping to kind of dive into that a little bit. I want to talk about your podcast you do and just get to know you. Awesome. Sounds great. You know, <laughs> your podcast that you do. Mm-hmm. What's the name of it? Let's kind of talk a little bit about that, like kind of what the podcast is about. And I'm going to let you do all that because you're going to know it better than and either of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, before I talk about my podcast, I want to congratulate you guys on winning that Utah award for Aww. your podcast. That is awesome. Thanks. So hats off to you guys. That is really great. And you guys deserve it. I love your podcast. It's well, really thank good. You. So my podcast is called Travel Gluten-Free Podcast. The reason why I started my podcast was because, um, I, well, I'm celiac. And then I found out my daughter was celiac. She was celiac at 16. And then, um, from doing some research, found out the celiac disease is actually a genetic, it has a genetic component. And my dad passed away from the cancer you get if you have celiac disease, but you don't follow the diet. But he didn't know he was celiac and he was mis- he was always diagnosed with uh, IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. If he had known, he would have definitely switched his diet and he'd probably still be here today. But the reason, one of the reasons why I do my podcast and oh, let me back up a second. So my podcast is all about how to live a gluten-free lifestyle with more fun and ease and how to travel while you're gluten-free. Because doing it at home is obviously a lot easier than when you're out on the road. Because being out on the road, food is so unpredictable. As you know, Mm -hmm. even with any diet outside of just eating a normal American diet is really hard to do when you're out on the road. So one of the reasons I decided to do the Travel Gluten-Free podcast is because I see people that are celiac and there's all different ranges of um, symptoms with celiac disease. Like some people just get a stomach ache. Like I get, I get sick for hours and then I'm sick for days after that. And, and um, there's other symptoms like muscle pain and things like that. But some people who are celiacs don't get a lot of bad symptoms. Like I get really bad symptoms, but my daughter doesn't. And so if you don't get really bad symptoms, you tend to cheat more. And the more you cheat, the more you're damaging your whole digestive system. And that can lead to getting a lot of these really fatal cancers from celiac disease. And so I feel like if I do this podcast and I help somebody who doesn't get really bad symptoms stay on their diet a little bit more. I feel like I'm helping our community be more healthier and be more um, just comfortable with leading a gluten-free lifestyle because there are times and I get really sick from eating any kind of gluten. So I have a very, very big incentive to stay away from gluten. But people who don't will tend to cheat more often and it really does damage your small intestine really badly. And when it damages your small intestine, you can't absorb any minerals or vitamins. And Mm so- that leads to all sorts of other complications. So I think that if people listen to my podcast and find out how you can, where are the places you can go to eat gluten-free and how you can travel and be gluten-free and it doesn't have to be horrible and your gluten-free food doesn't have to taste bad, then I think if I do that and I'm, I'm hoping to like maybe help or save some people from going down that route of kind of cheating because they feel like they're missing out or they feel like, oh, I can cheat because I don't have a lot of horrible symptoms. And so that's the main reason why I do my podcast is to help people in our gluten-free community do better and enjoy their life being gluten-free instead of having to go through their life thinking, oh, I'm always missing out or I'm always being deprived of the food that I like and I want to eat. Now, when were you diagnosed celiac then? How long? Um, That was about two and a half years ago, but I've been gluten intolerant for longer than that. 
I just, I found out by accident because I was doing this adrenal reset diet and the one part of the adrenal reset diet is to eliminate all allergens, all the major allergens. So I did that and I found out that every time I introduced anything with gluten back in my diet, I started feeling really sick. And then the second thing I noticed was that, hey, when I'm not eating gluten, I don't have to drink ginger tea all the time because my stomach's, I'm not always feeling sick because I was always feeling sick before and I thought, oh, it's just like work stress or whatever, Mm -hmm. because as we know, like being moms and and I was a full-time teacher is pretty stressful. So I thought it was just stress. And I realized that when I wasn't eating gluten, that I didn't have that issue. And so- You're like, this is amazing. Right. I want to keep eating this right. way. Exactly. Because the thing with being gluten-free is it's not, you have to kind of have a change of mind of, of eating. And so it's not- about, oh, I'm, I'm missing out on these things. You have to really look at, hey, what can I eat and what, and this is how I want to eat because I want my body to be healthy and I want my body to feel good. And I, I want to have a lot of energy and I don't want to feel sick all the time. So you have to look at it from that point of view. And, and actually, if you look at our food spectrum that we eat, most things are gluten-free. So it's not that you're actually missing out on a lot. And there are some places you can actually go that have exclusive gluten-free items on their menu as well. Now, you went to an actual doctor to get tested for celiac? Yes. Because, see, I did that too, mm-hmm. but, and it came back negative. And I'm like, well, then why does gluten bother me? And why do I, when I eliminate it, I feel better? Uh-huh. So I just stayed completely away from it. Yeah. So there's actually three different types of gluten issues you can have. One is a gluten allergy, which means like when you eat it, you'll break out in hives or have like an allergic reaction. And that one is also pretty common. Uh, that's different from celiac disease. And there's also a gluten intolerance, which is probably, and, and probably I'm not a I medical have. doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. But yeah. Gluten intolerance just means you eat it and you don't feel good because your body doesn't digest it very well. And then there's celiac disease and that's actually an autoimmune disease, um, which I and my daughter have. And that means that every time you eat gluten, uh, your body, your, your immune system um, thinks it's an actual like germ or bacteria or something it's not supposed to be in your body and it will attack a, a certain part of your body. So the way we found out my daughter had celiac was because she was 16 and her knee had swelled up like a grapefruit and she was limping around on it for months. And we got her all these tests. And one of my friends who's a pediatric cardiologist said, take her to a rheumatologist and get her tested. And I told the rheumatologist, it has to be something she's eating because we went through all this other testing and eliminated everything else. And um, when she tested, um, it was the they use a new test now, but the old test, the scale was zero to 15. And when my daughter Aaliyah tested, um, she tested at 122. So she was way off the scale. Wait, out of zero to 15, she was 122? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so she ended up, her knee was bothering because she had secondary arthritis from having celiac disease because that secondary arthritis was a autoimmune related um, issue. Oh man, poor kid. Yeah. So some people have... um, some people have diabetes as a secondary from celiac disease. So there is actually a whole gamut of uh, other autoimmune diseases you can get from having celiacs if you don't be, if you don't modify your diet. Interesting. Yeah. Now, when you found out you were gluten-free, was mm-hmm. this, it wasn't a surprise for you, it sounds like, or was it a surprise? It actually was a surprise for me because I had grown up in a big Italian family. So we were- A lot con- of pasta. Oh, pasta. yeah. Pasta. And then you had pretzels everywhere that I just keep thinking about pretzels now. <laughs> Soft so. pretzels, tasty cakes, which if you're not from the Northeast, oh, yeah. they're like kind of like, cakes. they're like little Debbie's, but they're way better. Like if you have not had a tasty cake and you can eat wheat, totally eat a tasty cake and uh-huh. eat an eclair pie tasty cake. There's my favorites. But tasty cakes, soft pretzels. I mean, you name it. If it was made with wheat, I would eat it. So it was a surprise for me because I'm like, I've been eating it all these years. And why is it all of a sudden it bothers me? And you can get celiac disease well into your 40s. 
Um, so that's not super uncommon. And then when my daughter tested celiacs and then I put two and two together and, and then thought about the symptoms my dad had, then it made sense. You were bummed though. I mean, I'm sure when you found out you got it, you're like, I can't eat any of these anymore. Right. How did you get past that? Like, I'm even trying to like maybe say someone's listening and they're struggling. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden they found out, hey, I was diagnosed celiac or I know I'm gluten intolerant. Let's give them a little bit of hope here, right? That that it is possible to be happy and gluten-free. Right. It totally is. And one of the things, so when I initially found out, I was like, I can't eat anything that I like. And you really can. And the thing is with celiac disease or gluten intolerance, the one thing you have to, the one thing it does is it makes you creative. So you have to be creative in that you have to like go out and research places to find, or you have to know the tools to have to find gluten-free restaurants. Um, But your world is definitely not over. I can assure you that there is, you have to, you definitely have to be more creative and you have to know what to look for. Um, For example, on my episode 10, I interviewed Jason Elmore and he has an app and a lot of people don't know about this app. And if you're gluten-free, you definitely need to get it. It's called Find Me Gluten-Free. Oh, great app. Yeah. yeah. We love that app. Okay. You guys use that? Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing. If you're gluten-free, it works anywhere in the world. And the great thing about this, one of the great things about this app is you can find gluten-free restaurants by location to you. And it also tells you if the restaurant is celiac friendly. So that's super helpful for me because then the one thing you don't want to do when you're on vacation is get sick. <laughs> yeah. And and a lot of places will say gluten-free, but there's a possibility of cross-contamination, mm-hmm. which that's got to be kind of terrifying as having celiac and going and eating and just being like, hopefully this is yeah. actually gluten-free. Because you and can't even go to a pizza place, can you? Even if it, they serve gluten-free, you still get the, the pizza dust or something, yeah. right? Yeah. So it depends. So some celiacs are way more, like I'm pretty sensitive, but there are celiacs that are more sensitive than I am. So for me, like I can't walk into a Dunkin' Donuts because smelling the donuts will make me sick, like make me feel sick. Oh, wow. It won't make me like actually sick, but I'll start to get stomach upset. So I can't be in a place that's frying gluten or that has a lot of gluten in it. But one of the things having celiacs does for you is it makes you extremely proactive. Like yesterday I was at Disneyland and um, I was like looking for a place to eat and it's practically impossible to find. So at Disneyland, something that's really safe, you have to ask a lot of questions. So the place that I found, they had a chicken sandwich and obviously I couldn't eat the bread. So I asked the girl behind the counter um, because I know they grill the buns. And I said, where do you grill the buns? Do you grill it on the same place you grill the meat? And she's like, I'm not sure. And I said, well, can you please find out? Because I get sick if I'll eat it. And that's one thing you have to tell waiters and waitresses, because a lot of times they'll say, well, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure you're not going to be holding my hair up at two in the morning when I'm in my bathroom getting sick. So yeah. could you please go back and double check? So you, most of the time, it, and a lot of times if they're a celiac friendly place, they'll know or they'll, they won't have an issue with checking. And so they'll go back and they'll check. And she said their, to, the, their buns were actually toasted in a toaster and all, they only had meat on the grill. So, and I had it lettuce wrapped. And so I, I couldn't, I was back and trying to watch them in the kitchen and I couldn't see everything they were doing. Um, and so that was definitely taking a chance for me, but I felt like since they didn't put any bread on the grill and they were just grilling meat on the grill, it was relatively safe for sure. Do you mm-hmm. find though, I find that places like how you asked this girl mm-hmm. about the way they cooked it, a lot of people are kind of jerks. Yeah. And They're kind of like, oh, you're gluten-free and eh, like you're a pretentious because it, well, idiot. Well, because it's so trendy now, it's mm. kind of like easy to hate on, even I, though it, yeah. it genuinely affects like you guys. Yeah. I feel bad because I just want to eat all the, all the gluten. <laughs> 
I just want to go have a donut and a pretzel. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I guess there's no tricks or tips for that that you would know how there, to... There is. And so one of the things is if you call... I One of the things I do is if I find a place on Find Me Gluten Free and a lot of people have voted it celiac friendly, I'll just go and eat there. Because a lot of times they'll say they have a dedicated fryer or a dedicated grill space. And what that means is that they cook... If you say you're celiacs, they will cook your food on a dedicated grill that doesn't have any gluten on it, which I know is safe for me to eat. But if you're not so sure of the restaurant or if someone else wants to go to a restaurant and you can't find it anywhere online, I will call them and ahead of time and say, hey, I'm celiac. What do you do to prepare food for people who can't eat gluten? And if I get an attitude from them, I'll just I won't go and eat there because it's not worth it for me to be sick for several days because I've actually missed work from it. I get so sick, I'm in bed. So for me, it's not worth taking the chance to eat there if they're giving me an attitude about me not eating gluten. And I've never understood that. I've never understood why people need to you know, even the same thing like peanut allergies mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like, yeah. it, this is a real thing. And I think yeah. people think that these are made up things. And a lot of it is just because of a lot of these things have been so genetically modified through the years. So that's mm-hmm. why, you know, back in the fifties and stuff like that, of course, people were fine with wheat, but as wheat has progressed and how it's been modified throughout the years, yeah, it has changed. It's, yeah. And now- actually my, my brother-in-law has celiac too. And so my sister learned to do all, you know, learn to cook gluten-free and bake gluten-free. She imported some wheat flour from like Italy mm-hmm. that hasn't been genetically modified ever. And it's kind of like the original wheat product and it doesn't affect them at all. Yeah. And that's actually, it's called earhorn wheat. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And the the problem with our wheat is that we have hybrided, hybrided our, I don't know that that's a word, but I'll make it right now. <laughs> We've hybrided our wheat so much that our, there's 20 times more wheat protein in our wheat in America than in Europe. So some celiacs can go to Europe and eat the wheat over there, no problem, but they cannot eat the wheat that's that's made in America um, because it has more 20 times more protein in it because that's you're actually it's the protein part of the wheat that affects you and we also spray chemicals on it to, for all the wheat to mature at the same time and so between those two things that really affects our food diet and a lot of people say like oh we can you know we can evolve and we can change it's like you can't change how your body works in one generation that takes hundreds of generations mm-hmm. to change and so i think that's why um we're seeing so many people um, with celiac disease and food intolerances now is because we've changed our diet so much in such a short period of time that our bodies can't digest our processed and modified foods that we have right now. Let's actually take a quick break here. We need to play a couple messages here from our sponsors, uh, but there's obviously a lot more we need to chat about. Uh, I want to get into eating gluten-free here in Salt Lake and Park City. We're going to chat more about that. So hang tight. We'll be right back. All right. It's that time of the podcast where we take just a couple minutes, tell you about our awesome sponsors. When you support our awesome sponsors, you are supporting I Am Salt Lake. So if you want to support the podcast, listen in. We got some great sponsors for this episode. Hey, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Wizarding Days. This is the third annual Wizarding Days. It's happening February 22nd and February 23rd at the Mountain America Expo Center. Wizarding Days is an interactive fantasy event with roving actors, magical sets, crafts and activities, nonstop entertainment in classes by artisans and professionals. And this year's Wizarding Days, they're excited to bring the Arthurian legend Camelot to life. They're going to have live action role players, a round table and a giant dragon. It's going to be fun for everybody of all ages. Wizarding Days brings your favorite books to life. And tickets are on sale now at wizardingdayswithaz.com. Want some things to remember? 
Kids five and under are free. Ages six to 12 are just $5. Hours, Friday, February 22nd, 1 to 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. Saturday, February 23rd, 10 to 8 p.m. VIP passes get in an hour early and you get a collectible wristband. Again, their website, wizardingdays.com. That's days with a Z. Go check it out. Grab your tickets. Pick them up early. And many thanks to Wizarding Days for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. All right. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by the very delicious, the very local Five Wives Vodka. You know, this is one of my favorite uh, sponsors to talk about, Christina. This is one of my favorite sponsors to drink. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the next time you head on over to the state liquor store, make sure to pick up a bottle of Five Wives Vodka. The next time you head over to your local bar, ask for Five Wives Vodka by name. Let's make Five Wives Vodka the official I Am Salt Lake drink. Well, I think it already is. I think so, too. I mean, it's definitely my official drink. They have three different flavors. We're going to tell you about them. They have the original. This is one I like. It's just the the original Five Wives Vodka. It's made from Utah Mountain Spring Water. I like it because it's gluten-free. The spring is hidden in beautiful Ogden Canyon. It's inaccessible by vehicle, so it's really cool to watch them hike this stuff out five gallons at a time. Yeah, and I also want to throw in there that uh, they have released a potato vodka, too. Oh, yeah. So they technically, is it is that technically a flavor or just like a really, another really good? I think it's just another way that they're, they're, uh, they're yeah. distilling it. So I, you need to try out the potato vodka, too, because we've, we've tried both of them and they're fantastic. On top of that, they have Five Wives Sinful, which is a flavored vodka with a delicious cinnamon taste. It's unlike other cinnamon products that give you a cinnamon candy taste. Sinful is more like a morning cinnamon roll, and it only has 76 calories per ounce. They also have the Five Wives Heavenly. This is a flavored vodka with a delicious vanilla taste. Heavenly's rich, buttery vanilla flavor. It comes through without coating your taste buds with sugar, which results with more in more vanilla and less calories. Their website, fivewivesvodka.com. Go check it out if you want to find out more about it. I think the easiest thing, though, is just head on over to the state liquor store, pick up a bottle today, pick up a bottle for a friend. Yeah, pick up a bottle for everyone in your life. And many thanks to Five Wives Vodka for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. All right, this episode of the podcast is also sponsored by the Melting Pot, the downtown Melting Pot, located at 340 South Main Street. You can now plan the perfect Valentine's with your special someone at the Melting Pot. On February 14th, you can enjoy an exclusive five-course Valentine's Day menu. I'm going to read the five courses here because they sound off-the-hook delicious. Oh, it looks delicious. The first course is shrimp meltini. It's a cocktail, I guess. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with that one. Second course, choice of bacon, brie, Swiss, or broccoli cheddar. Third course is choice of California salad or watermelon feta salad. Fourth course, lobster, bacon salt cracked pepper filet, herb crusted chicken, pot stickers, lemon garlic shrimp. And if that's not enough, they got the fifth course, which is choice of white chocolate cookie butter crunch or maple flaming turtle. Holy crap, that looks and sounds so good. Now, I did say this is the Valentine's Day menu, but I guess this menu uh, will be available. This menu item will be available February 15th through 17th as well. So if you don't make it in there for Valentine's Day, keep that in mind. You want to make sure to call and get your reservations while they're still available, though. Do you want to read them that number, Christina? Absolutely. To get your reservations for this awesome Valentine's Day meal, you can call them at 801-521-6358. 
Also, their website, meltingpot.com slash Salt Lake City. Find out more about it. Again, space is limited, so make sure you call today to make your reservations while they're still available, because we know Valentine's Day gets tricky. It gets so, but just don't call before me, because this, I know what I want for Valentine's Day. <laughs> hey, this would be a great place to go for Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh, Day. absolutely. Again, their phone number, 801-521-6358. And many thanks to The Melting Pot for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. All right, let's get back into that conversation with Aliquity as we talk more gluten-free, more travel gluten-free. Thanks for listening. Now, you just went on a cruise, right? Yeah, I actually took a princess cruise to the Mexican Riviera. So this is interesting. I'm sure we have a lot of listeners that might be about, you know, summer's around the corner or a lot of people like to take cruises this time of year to kind of get some sunshine because it's Utah. <laughs> Dreary, no sunshine. <laughs> Winter's depressing. What would you recommend for somebody or how did you handle it being gluten-free, about mm-hmm. to go on a cruise ship? How do you set all that up to make sure that you can eat? Again, it's the being proactive part. So one of the things you have to do um, if you're on a cruise or even if you're flying as well is you have to, um, when you book your ticket or shortly after, you want to tell them that you have dietary preferences. And so the dietary preference, they actually, they don't usually have gluten-free, but they have, or no, they have gluten-free. So you have to tell them that you are gluten-free. And the other thing is, is that a lot of people who are celiacs also cannot tolerate dairy because your system is already inflamed from the celiacs and dairy just inflames it more. So it's not the actual dairy that hurts you, but it's that you're already inflamed. And so dairy can be inflammatory if you already have an issue. But the interesting is, interesting thing is, is a lot of celiacs I've talked to said they can eat goat or sheep cheese because it's a little bit of a different protein than cow protein. So I can't do cow dairy, but I can do sheep and goat. And so on the cruise account, when I sign up, for a ticket, I say I'm gluten-free and I also say I'm lactose-free, even though I'm not lactose-free because lactose is the milk sugar. It's the milk protein. It's the casein that bothers you if you're celiacs. So I just say lactose-free. And then in the notes, I put that I'm casein-free, that I cannot have any kind of um, cow dairy. And then, so you have to tell them that ahead of time on the form. The second thing you want to do is you want to call the cruise line that you're cruising with And you want to tell them that you are gluten-free to make sure that they have that on there. Because sometimes you'll type it in and for some reason it doesn't get to whoever is in the cruise. So you want to call them to verify that they do have that on your account that you are, um, and it will be specific for you. So um, when I traveled with my girlfriend this summer, I called them and said, I'm gluten-free. And they said, is anyone else in your party gluten-free? I'm like, no, everybody else is fine. So you want to call them and make sure. Then when you get to the cruise, you want to, it's it's best to pick one dining room and go there every night. That way the maitre d' at that dining room under, knows who you are. So by the end of the week, you're pretty good friends. I actually have a picture of me and and um, our the group that we sat with because we met some other Canadians and two out of the four Canadians were also celiac, <laughs> which was pretty crazy. And we sat together like every night for dinner. And so our maitre d' knew when he came over to our table, it was like we call it the celiac table because half of us were celiac. So going to the same restaurant every night helps because then your maitre d' automatically knows and that makes less of a chance for someone to mess up on your order. So let the maitre d' know as soon as you get on board. And then when you get there, you have to remind your waiter, tell your waiter that you do have a a food issue and that you have a dietary um, 
restriction. Yes. A dietary restriction and that you have to tell them exactly what you can't eat. And so they will go through the menu with you and help you either modify something or pick out something that is gluten-free. And most things they can make gluten-free now, which is really nice. Um, Some things they can't like beef Wellington. That's something they can't make gluten-free because the pastry is, they don't have any gluten-free pastry. They will modify the food for you. And then what you do is at the end of your dinner, um, they'll give you a, you ask, if they don't give you a menu, ask for one and then you pre-order your dinner for the night before. So if they have to make any modifications on it, you're not waiting for your food. Like I was on one cruise line, the one I went with my girlfriend this past summer. And even though I pre-ordered the night before, I got my dinner like a half an hour after she got hers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is like, this is kind of crazy. And so obviously I wasn't going to make my friend wait to, for me to get my food to eat hers, but it kind of makes you feel left out when you're not eating with everybody else. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the cruise line I went on this time, which did an excellent job of providing gluten-free, it was Princess Cruise Lines. And I had no issue whatsoever. I didn't get sick all week, but you do have to do all of those steps. And to make sure, because you're going to get different waiters because they seat you in a different area, let them know what food sensitivities you have, even if it's not gluten. And then when you get the food, you double check, you say, this is gluten-free, correct? And they said, yes, this is the gluten-free dish. Because sometimes they will accidentally give you someone else's dish or like I had happened at one place, someone gave me bread and I asked the server, this is gluten-free bread. And he said, yes. And luckily I hadn't started eating it because <laughs> oh, no. the waitress came over and she goes, he gave you the wrong bread. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that was, yeah, that was actually at uh, a conference I had been to a couple years ago in Philadelphia. So I'm so glad I didn't dive into the bread because usually I love bread and I'll just dive into the bread. So yeah, and I found out um, from the maitre d' that I had, whose name was Joseph um, at Princess, that Princess makes all of their own gluten-free bread. Wow. And it was really, really good. And so me and the other, uh, one of the one girl I got really got along with that we sat at the table every night, we're like, hey, can we get like 10 pieces of that gluten-free bread? And with a cruise, if you've never been on a cruise before, they'll give you like double entrees, double appetizers. I mean, you can just, you basically eat your way through a cruise, which is why my <laughs> pants are not fitting very well right now. Yeah, you're on vacation, right? Uh, yes, yeah. but you're on vacation and that's the exception, not the rule. So you just go with it. And the other nice thing about Princess is they make you a special gluten-free dessert. And it's not just a lot of times they'll say, oh, well, we have fruit for dessert. It's like, wow. You're like, come on. Try <laughs> yeah. a bowl of strawberries. Here right. you go. Let me die of not excitement. So, yeah. so the gluten-free desserts we got on this trip were really great. Like they were um, chocolate layered cake with strawberry cream and just amazing gluten-free desserts. And I did the kitchen tour and met, they have one person on each ship that's in charge of all their gluten-free, all their gluten-free meals. And so it's really great because you feel like a normal person because you're eating dessert every night and you're eating food with everybody else, not half an hour later. So Princess is a really great cruise line to travel on. I've, I have not traveled on Disney cruises, but everybody that I know that has traveled on Disney cruises that's gluten-free says they're another excellent cruise line um, as far as food um, modification. Holland is a really good one. Holland America, they're really good about modifying your, fr- your food as well. Is there one that you would avoid? Have you heard any bad or do, would you rather not get into that? <laughs> I can tell you I would not travel Norwegian again. Really? Yeah. They just don't know what's up when they, it comes to gluten-free, huh? Yeah, they're okay, but not to the level of like Princess or Holland or Disney for sure. It seems like people are being educated with gluten-free. It isn't one of those things that you have to describe it like people know, oh, okay, gluten-free. It's not like, well, can you remind me what that one's all about? Which is yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. This day and age versus years ago. I used to be vegan years ago. Oh, and no one knew and what vegan was. This was, yeah, 20, 25 years ago, I was vegan 
And like I would do the airlines thing and I'd have to describe what it is. And it just got really old. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I never want to travel because of that. And and it sounds like it's pretty easy to travel being gluten-free. Yeah, it sort of is. It's easier for me now because I've been doing it for so long. But some places, like the interesting thing is, is when you go to a place and you tell them you're celiac, a lot of people don't know what celiac is. Or if you tell them you're gluten-free, sometimes they'll think you're doing, and I tell them I'm gluten-free because it does make me sick. I can't eat gluten. But a lot of people don't understand celiac. But if you tell them you have a gluten allergy, they get that. And so even though technically mine's not a gluten allergy, just for like, time's sake and just I don't to have dumb to dumb it down for everybody else. <laughs> exactly. I don't yeah. have to explain it to everyone. I just tell them I have a gluten allergy. And then when I was in Mexico this past week, I told them I had an allergy to wheat because I don't drink beer. I do drink, but I just never liked beer. And so it was barley really wasn't an issue for me. And so I asked them because I know some Spanish to just to clean the grill for me and that I had an allergy to wheat. And that worked out really well. It is depending on where you're at harder or easier to be gluten-free. Like when I do road trips, it's really easy for me to be gluten-free because I basically take a stash of stuff in a box in the back of my car that's not going to melt and it's like heat safe and things like that. Um, so that I always have food. So even if I can't find a place to eat lunch, I'll just get a protein drink out of my box and drink it. And of course it's not like a, a great, like, you know, a vacation lunch, but when you're road tripping, you kind of have to make that exception that you're not always going to eat out at a restaurant. Um, when you're gluten-free and it makes you sick. So I just carry food with me that I know I can eat. That way I don't have to worry about being sick on the road because the only thing that's worse than being sick on a vacation is being sick on a road trip vacation because you have to drive Stuck and in, in the car all day. Oh my gosh, yes. And I'm, I'm sure you also start to learn the chain restaurants that do kind of cater to the gluten-free lifestyle. Is there yeah. one, as much as I mean, we obviously like to spotlight the mom and pop places, but what are mm-hmm. some good, like well-known chains that are probably somebody, somebody's best options? Yeah. And that's actually really important because I'm definitely more of a um, locals uh, yeah. eating place. But when you travel, there are definitely places that when you're on the road, it's going to be easier to find because they are chain places and you know they're safe. So one example is Chick-fil-A. And you would think, I know, it's really surprising. Yeah, yeah that is surprising, actually. Because a lot of their uh, a lot of their menu is breaded. But mm-hmm. if you get the grilled chicken, they only they only cook grilled chicken on their grill. And their oils, they cook their French fries in and their chicken, their fried chicken is different. So it's not that they do that because they're trying to be allergen friendly. They actually just do that because that's for some reason, I guess maybe it changes the flavor or something, but I can actually eat French fries from Chick-fil-A and they're safe because I know they only make French fries in that fryer. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really great. So another one that's really good is Jersey Mike subs. Okay. And you would think, I, I would never think that Jersey Mike's because it's a sub place, but what happened with Jersey Mike's is that one they it's a chain restaurant, but it's individually owned. And so- Someone who owned a Jersey Mike's, his daughter was celiacs, and he asked the corporation if he could try doing gluten-free and see how it would work. And it actually worked out really well. And so what Jersey Mike's does is when they make your subs is they actually wipe everything down, change their gloves, wipe down the countertops. So I have eaten and they actually have gluten-free bread and gluten-free bread. Let me tell you, if you go to a restaurant and they have gluten-free bread, that usually, usually nine out of 10 times means they're very aware of gluten-free because that's like a really specialty thing is when you go out and eat gluten-free bread. And that's a real treat. So Jersey Mike's subs, I can actually get a 
a sub, just like I used to get back in the Northeast. And a sub, if you're from anywhere else other than the Northeast, is a hoagie. A hoagie. <laughs> yeah, a hoagie in the Northeast. So when I said sub, I'm like, what is that? And they're like, oh, it's a hoagie. And a sub is way different from a hoagie. But Jersey Mix makes a really good sub. And I've eaten there several times on the road. and I've never gotten sick, even though they have bread all over their facility. So that's another great fast food place. Uh, Jimmy John's does a really good lettuce wrap. And if you you tell them you have a wheat allergy, they will change gloves, wipe down the surface of their of their area. Astro Burgers is another one. I believe they also do gluten-free buns, but they're really silly. Lettuce wraps though. You Mm -hmm. can get your burger and lettuce. Yeah. Yeah. And Core Life Eatery. And if you didn't know this, I just found this out about a year ago. Core Life Eatery is, they're not considered a dedicated gluten-free facility because that means there's no gluten in their facility whatsoever. They do offer regular bread, but all of their menu items are gluten-free. So as a celiac, it's a huge treat for me to be able to go into Core Life Eatery and able to order anything on their menu and know that every Everything is safe. And so I've eaten there several times and they have lots of really good different types. They have like rice bowls and other really good proteins like uh, ahi tuna and things like that. And and they'll modify, they will even modify your meal to make it so like if you have a peanut allergy, like they always ask you, can it's okay to put sesame seeds on this? Can we put almonds on this for you? And the other cool thing about Core Life that I really love is that they tell you where they source all of their food from. So that if you if it's something that's corn, but it's corn that has been made at a factory that also manufactures wheat based products, it will tell you that in the menu. So if you yeah, if you have like a super allergy to something or you're extremely sensitive, um, you'll know which things you can't eat. And that is super helpful because then that means okay, I know I can eat this, but I can't eat this. So that's really helpful when you're trying to make up your mind and, and what to order on the menu. Very cool. Any other any other chains? Or I guess you could probably go all day, huh? Those, Those are, just- are the chains that I know that I've yeah. eaten at that are safe. I know there are other chains that you can eat at. I, I'm not, but I'm not like- And most are, if people aren't familiar, I mean, the GF, if you're looking on the menu, obviously, you mm-hmm. know, look for that little GF gluten-free. I think there, is that the only, there's other symbols maybe in a lot mm-hmm. of places label. I think like even- not a big fan of chilies, but I think chilies does yeah. and Applebee's and those. Yeah, it's oh, kind of standard now, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. The only thing you have to be careful of is the places like chilies and Applebee's is that they might label it on the menu, but it's probably not safe for a celiac because okay. you have to, con- you also have to take into consideration like how how that chain educates their employees. Mm-hmm. And so like one of the things one of the places I don't eat at anymore is Cafe Rio because really, and I've, they, heard, I've heard they're big gluten free. Yeah. Well, they, if you go on their allergen menu though, it's, it, they have a lot of things that may contain gluten because it could be cross contaminated. So for me, it's just too much of a, if, if I was gluten intolerant and I wasn't celiac and didn't get sick, it would probably be fine. But since I'm celiac um, and I do get so sick from it, for me, that's not some risk I'm willing to take. I understand. Yeah. yeah. So you have to definitely be careful on which restaurants you pick and how they educate their staff as well. I usually ask on the podcast a little bit later on, but this is a good segue for this. Uh, I'll ask like favorite local eating spots. Now, in this case, let's talk about some of your favorite local places in Park City and Salt Lake that you like to eat at that are either gluten-free friendly or maybe all gluten-free. For, mm-hmm. I mean, because we have some really good places here in Salt Lake City. Yeah. So since it's the I Am Salt Lake podcast, I will, I'll start off with some Salt Lake places. And I actually have a lot of these on my episode 22. So if someone wants to go back and listen, definitely check out my episode 22. And they're um, all it's all about salt or local? All, all local Salt Lake places okay. that I like to eat. Yeah. 
And so one of my favorite places, which I just discovered about a year and a half ago, is called Oh My. And you may have eaten there. Oh, yeah. It's in oh like my the, is so good. Yeah. Oh My is amazing. And they do a really good job of, of gluten-free. And so Oh My, um, Joy Luck, which I was really surprised because I think that's a chain. I'm not sure if that's a chain place. I know there's more than it's, one of them. It's Asian, I know there's right? one in Sandy. Yes. So, yeah. And it's really good. Yeah. And if you tell them you're gluten-free, they actually do several steps in order to make sure that your food doesn't get cross-contaminated. And that's actually really hard for Asian because a lot of people don't know this, but soy sauce in America has wheat in it, but soy sauce in Japan does not. Really? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I did not. I Man, used we the, just get uh, the cheap stuff. We don't get the real wasabi. The we Bragg's get... liquid aminos is what I use. Yeah. Eat. And yeah. I've used that before and I love Bragg's liquid. Um, you can also do, it's called, there's a tamari that's put out by Sanjay that is a gluten-free tamari, which is the same thing as soy sauce because basically it's salt water with, with some soybeans mixed in. But um, so, yeah, you can do that. A couple of places in Sugar House I absolutely love. Somi Vietnamese Bistro, if you've eaten there, and mm. um, also Pho Thin, which is in Sugar House. And I've also been at P.F. Chang's um, at airports. Well, actually, that's more of a chain place at airports and locally. And I've never had an issue with any of those Tsunami Restaurant and Sushi Bar does a really good job. And a new, newer place I've also discovered, if you like Indian food, and this is actually Indian and Nepali cuisine, is Kathmandu. They have one down the street from the Costco at 1818, and then they also have one in Brickyard Plaza, I believe. And they make awesome food. And every time I go there, you can just ask the waiters which one is gluten-free, and they will tell you which ones that you can eat. And they know that you can't eat the fried items, so they specifically tell you you can eat this, this, and this on the menu. And I've never gotten sick eating there. I've eaten there a bunch of times as well. There's one by, uh, it's like 700 East and 200 South, right by the Sprouts, Jet, mm-hmm. Jet's mm-hmm. Barbershop and stuff right there. And I think, I'd, is that yeah. a newer one? Um, wow. I think it's been there a minute. Okay. Yeah. I don't okay. know. Yeah, anyway, I just figured I'd say that too for our listeners to know that there's a, a cat man do there. Yeah. Cause I just saw that one last week, but I hadn't noticed it before. But, um, another, some other ones I really like in Salt Lake are a zest kitchen, which Got is, it, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is which it's is a classic. A, yes. And it's actually a dedicated gluten-free facility. So they don't have any gluten. So that's you can eat anything off their menu. Pulp Lifestyle Kitchen is really good. Molly and Ollie's is great because that's kind of like a it's almost like cafeteria style, but it's not. They make you go up to the little computer and you pick what you want in your entree and then you can tell them as they're making it you're gluten-free. So they'll clean the grill for you and everything. So that's a really great place. Whole Foods is kind of a no-brainer because everything is labeled at Whole Foods. <laughs> um, the original Pancake House actually does make gluten-free pancakes too. Yes. I've had them yeah, a few we, times when, when uh, we first started dating. We oh. used to go there like after a heavy night of drinking. Let's go get some of those gluten-free pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> Lazy Day Cafe, which is right off of, I think it's 3300. It's right across the street from the REI and the Savers and the and the Climbing Gym. They actually make gluten, the only place I know I can get this, they make gluten-free Eggs Benedict, which is the only place I know I can get gluten-free Eggs Benedict at Lazy Day Cafe. They also have gluten-free bread, so they're very gluten-free friendly. And then Mill Creek Cafe and Egg Works, um, they don't have uh, gluten-free pancakes, but they're very good with modifying your food for you as well. So those are some like of my favorite kind of kitchens and cafes for Salt Lake. Now, if we want to venture up to your neighborhood of Park mm-hmm. City, which I'm not as familiar with, but what would you recommend up there that's gluten So one of my favorites that I really love because it's sort of like cafeteria style, except people aren't using that. They actually make it for you right in front of you. 
they put it on your plate right in front of you, I should say, is Vessel Kitchen. And that's in the Junction area. So if you're not familiar with Park City, Park City has two areas. We have the Junction area, which is the newer area of Park City where more of the housing developments are. And then we have Old Town, which is what most people are familiar with, which has the historic downtown area. Vessel Kitchen is one of my favorite, and that's in the Junction area. They not only have gluten-free, but they have vegan and vegetarian options as well, which is really awesome. There's Element Kitchen Kitchen and Bakery, which is coming up. Well, you guys would have already been published by now. So Element Kitchen and Bakery is kind of in between Old Town and the newer part of town, and they are dedicated gluten-free. So you can get takeout, like you can go and just grab stuff out of their fridge for takeout. They have amazing desserts. They have also vegan and gluten-free options as well. So everything is gluten-free, and then you can also get vegan and vegetarian, which is really hard to find because my daughter's vegetarian because she loves animals, and she's celiac, so she's also gluten-free. Yeah, so that's a super challenge um, to make dinner. (laughs) Yeah. And then, so I really love Element. Um, another place, if you're looking at something that's higher end is prime steakhouse. They do really great job on their gluten-free there's 501 on Maine, which has really great gluten-free burgers and things. And they also put it on a gluten-free bun, which I love. If you're skiing at Deer Valley, their chili is gluten-free and their chili is really super famous and it's, it's gluten-free. I've eaten it several times and never had an issue with it. Do people have usually a lot of issues with chili? I've, I've never experienced that. I- so, yeah. So the thing with being gluten-free and soups, uh, soup sauces and gravies is that a lot of times people will use wheat as a thickener. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so sometimes I'm eating salad and if I'm, I'm not sure about the dressing, I'm eating salad with no salad dressing. Yeah. Because Been again, there. put just a little bit of flour in to kind of thicken everything up. Right. Yeah. Right. And the nice thing kind of going back to the princess cruises is I was talking to, you always want to talk to the chefs on the cruises or when you're out eating a restaurant, you can always request to talk to the chef. And I was talking to the chef on the cruise and he said they've changed their whole menu on princess where all of their gravies are made with xanthan gum and they're not made with wheat anymore. And all of their soups are also thickened with xanthan gum so that they're all gluten-free. And that's really great because they're obviously very proactive and are looking to get people from the gluten-free community. And you can't taste a difference with xanthan gum either. That's how I eat all mine too. Well, I do keto now, which which still has a lot of the aspects of of gluten-free. Right. uh, it's just it's like even, gluten-free yeah. on steroids. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just your macro, your macro molecules are a little bit different. Yeah, a lot more fat. composition, a lot more fat. <laughs> a lot more yeah. fat and no, no fruits really. And and mm-hmm. uh, any other, any other place? I mean, I, you could probably go on. It sounds like I mean, there's plenty of places here locally to eat gluten-free. There is. Salt Lake is pretty good about eating gluten-free. There are a number of places you can go and safely eat gluten-free. Actually, some really great places um, that are gluten-free. We actually have several bakeries in Salt Lake that are gluten-free. So if you haven't been, you've probably been here because almost everybody's been here. City Cakes and Company. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people don't know they're all vegan. Everything there is vegan, but they're a top row. They keep all gluten-free pastries. So it's not just cookies because a lot of times when you're gluten-free, you can get cookies or cupcakes, but you can also get things like gluten-free cinnamon rolls and gluten-free scones and gluten-free donuts. So not your typical just chocolate chip cookie, which is really nice. Um, Sweet Cake Bake Shop is exclusively gluten-free. Another good one. Another Another really great one. And um, when I went there the last time I had, it's kind of like a cinnamon roll, except they use orange cream on top of it. It's it's like an orange roll. And that's what they call it. They call it like the orange roll or something. And I got like the next to last one and I would have gotten the last one, except some lady ordered it because I was like, I could totally eat two of those at one sitting. (laughs) (laughs) There's um, good Good Food Gluten-Free Bakery, which makes these insane 
I believe they're the ones that make those really insane butternut squash rolls and they're gluten-free Okay, and they are super good. So we have actually some dedicated gluten-free bakeries in Salt Lake that are really good to go to. Now you were going to ask a question before earlier at break. I want to make sure oh, yeah. you get your well, question. It wasn't as much of a question as, as like, I've really appreciated your help because you've actually reached out and texted me about our daughter who I think may have inherited some of Chris's uh, digestive problems. <laughs> you know? We've been we've been really struggling with her. And can you? Yeah, I guess you can inherit it. I guess we're like yeah. celiac. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and you know, I'm honestly the kind of person who's like, whatever, it's fine. Just give her tons of milk. And when you were talking about milk earlier being inflammatory, it made me realize that whoa, maybe that's kind of because we actually did um, after you had texted me switch her to goat's milk. Uh huh. And she's doing she does a, a lot better. better. Oh yeah. yeah. And so like versus... you, I'm just saying you're persuading me, and I appreciate your help. <laughs> well, you're welcome anytime. But yeah, and and really, the only way to figure out if you have an issue with something is to eliminate it from your diet for three months. And a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's really hard." It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but you don't realize how horrible you feel until you eliminate it, and you're like, "Wow, I feel so much better." Yeah, and then the thought of putting it back in you is just like, "No, mm-hmm. thank you." Yeah. Now, here's an, this is a question we ask people that come through the podcast as far as, uh, you know, obviously I already, we are talk local places to eat and whatnot, but if somebody's visiting Salt Lake City or even Park City, let's talk Park City. Mm-hmm. We've had, cause we've had, do you know Terry Burden up there? Do you ever watch the Park City TV? I don't, I, I don't, I don't, it, I hardly yeah. watch TV at no, all. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but I know, I know of Park City yeah, and yeah, I know Terry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I think one of the only other Park City people that we've had on the podcast. And mm-hmm. so it's always fun to kind of talk location of that. So let's say we wanted to go visit Park City over the weekend. I guess okay. it depends on the season, but what would you recommend that we do or check out besides skiing and snowboarding? Oh yeah. Cause that's a given. Right. We, right. We, we, Everybody knows skiing and snowboarding. Mm-hmm. So there's really a lot of other things to do besides just skiing and snowboarding in Park City, which a lot of people may or may not know about because that's the big one. So that's obviously, as you said, the easy one. One of the things I love to do, and I don't do it as often now because I've done it a few times, but if you go down into Old Town, there's the Park City Museum. And it looks like this tiny little storefront, but it actually goes back really far. And they spent almost $2 million on the museum. And it talks about like the mine shafts and the history of Park City and how Park City had burned down almost completely at one point and how they rebuilt it. So it's really interesting to get the history of Park City at the Park City Museum. So that's one something I would definitely suggest to do if you're coming into Park City. Another thing is uh, Utah Olympic Park where all of the ski jumpers and stuff practice. And my, actually, I'm going to give a little shout out to our son, Jared, because um, Jared Shoemate is, he just got on the U.S. Olympic ski team uh, really? a few months ago. Yeah. So wow, you're, that's you're, amazing. This is your son. Yeah. Well, yeah. congratulations Thanks. to him. Yeah. yeah. And he's a super awesome kid. And um, he actually, it does the Nordic combined. So he does like the flight, like you fly through the air, like you have wings. I have no idea how he does it. And the reason why I know how <laughs> scary that is, is because if you go up to you, the Utah Olympic Park, where all the winter kids train, you can take a tour and they will take you up to the top of that where they jump and you look down that ramp. And I'm like, I would not even walk down that ramp, let alone fly off of it at 70 miles an hour with long skis that are larger, like as long as me. So it's a really cool tour. So definitely do the Utah Olympic Park tour. If you go to the Utah Olympic Park, it also has a museum that's free. So you can just go up there and walk along the museum and then this for free. And in the summertime, 
game, they have the demonstrations where the ski jump, the aerial ski jumpers will ski jump into the pool where they'll come off the ramps and they'll do all sorts of crazy like 360s and 180s and go into the pool. So if you're here in the summertime, definitely check that out because that's a really cool thing to do in Park City. Um, we also just got in the past couple years, the in the wintertime, it's really fun to do the snow, the fat fat tire bikes in the snow. Oh yes. Because yeah. we have like 3000 miles of trails. And so you can just rent one of those. You just look up any of the outfitters, rent a fat bike and then ride it in the snow, which is really cool. You can also do mountain biking in the summertime. And the fun way to mountain bike, which you have to do less work at is you can get a pass at one of the mountain resorts and then you can rent a bike, a um, mountain bike. And then they put your mountain bike on the back of the lift. And then you go, you go to the top and you just bike your way down. Hey, that oh, sounds fun. Yeah. That sounds so dangerous. We, we I, do I don't trust myself. I could, I'm, I think other people would really enjoy it and I'll watch them and I'll be at the bottom with gluten-free donuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not that dangerous because you can take the trails down. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, but it's nice because you don't have to huff your way up. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of fun too. I love just walking down the shop sometimes and uh, Park City does do a art gallery walk. I can't remember. It's the last Friday or the first Friday of the month where the art galleries will open up and then you can go in and walk in and talk to the artists. So that's a really fun thing that- uh, Like a gallery people, stroll. A gallery yeah, stroll, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people know about as well. Very cool. Well, I've had a heck of a time chatting with you. I mean, we can go on all day <laughs> yeah. with it. But I, I mean, just as, go as visit Park City now, <laughs> as we kind of wrap this up a little bit, I mean, back to your podcast, Travel mm-hmm. Gluten Free. I mean, obviously, you can find it in anywhere podcasts are. So, however, yes. you're listening to this, go search for that. Weekly episodes, biweekly. What what's your schedule like? So my schedule is weekly episodes. Every once in a while, like this past week, because I was getting ready for my cruise, I didn't get it out on time. But mostly weekly episodes, yes. And if you want to find me on social media or find me anywhere, if you just search for the hashtag #TravelGFMe, you will find me on all the different social media platforms. And I'm a big Instagrammer, so if you actually tag me on Instagram with one of your photos, I'll mention you in one of my podcasts. very cool. I actually heard that. I was listening to one of your episodes today. I found it on Alexa. I was mm-hmm. like, I wonder if she's on Alexa. And uh, I played it and Lucy actually went, she had a party. Your intro music, <laughs> she was dancing her brains out. She loves it was music. amazing. That's awesome. But that's, a, that's a really cool thing that you do is you give your listeners a shout out for tagging you. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, we get a lot of people that are moving to Utah that, that find I Am Salt Lake, right? And so I want them, I mean, they could reach out to you, right? If they have any questions yeah, or am I, I kind of opening up a gate? No, absolutely. <laughs> if, I always I always tell people if you want to reach out to me, that's perfectly fine. Just go in through my website, which is travelglutenfreepodcast.com. And then hit me up on the contact form and just say, hey, I'm coming to Salt Lake or I'm coming to Park City. Like, what would you suggest for restaurants? And I'll, I will give you a list. Just let me know, like, what type of restaurants you're looking for, because there are a lot of restaurants in Salt Lake and Park City. So that can, like, narrow it down, because if you're only here for a week, you don't want, like, 27 restaurants to go eat at. But yeah, no, totally. If anybody has any questions about gluten-free Salt Lake or Park City or traveling gluten-free, uh, go to travelglutenfreepodcast.com and uh, hit me up on my contact form and I will totally get in touch with you. Christine always has a question that my she ends the question. show with. Unless, <laughs> unless, was there anything that you wanted to bring up before we close this out of liquidity? Because you've given your contact information, all that good stuff. I don't know if there was a subject or something that you were like, I, I wanted to say this. I think we got it all. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, your, your podcast and all that good stuff. And I'll, an I'll have all those links episode. at IamSaltLake.com with this episode too. Uh, so people can go there and check it out. But it's a cool podcast. I, I enjoy Thank it. You. So I, I suggest all of our listeners 
to go check it out. Download it. Listen to a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Episode 22, like you said, mm-hmm. is all about a lot of the Salt Lake uh, City and Park City right. uh, eating places. Oh, there is one other thing. So my podcast, when I do I, a gluten-free about a place like Gluten-Free Philadelphia or Gluten-Free Salt Lake, what I usually do is I divide it up into three different podcasts. So one podcast is about fun things to do in the area. And then another podcast is about eating gluten-free in that area. And then the third podcast will feature a gluten-free restaurant from that area. Very so, cool. Yeah. So That's even really if cool. you don't eat gluten-free, if you're just looking for fun things to do, definitely check out my podcast because I have different episodes on fun things to do in that area. Very cool. I'm going to let you ask your final question there. All righty. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of life advice, what would it be? Okay. Eat eat (laughs) (laughs) gluten-free. It's actually not that. So I guess my one piece of life advice would be think about the paradigm you're living in and then reflect on it and see if you need to change it to make your life feel better. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to actually put that implement that into my own life. So. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to write that on the bathroom here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I always tell people, you know, let's catch up down the road, find out what you're doing, yeah. find out the cool new gluten-free places to eat in the area. And uh, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. And when I met you guys in Philadelphia last year, I was so stoked to meet you guys. I was so excited to come on your podcast. So this is really great. And you guys have to come over to my place for dinner. We will. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> it will be gluten-free, but it will get, it will taste really good. And I, I will have like dessert. Uh-huh. <laughs> let's do it. Many thanks again to Illiquity for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All the links to connect with Illiquity can be found on our website at IamSaltLake.com slash 367. All right. It's the first episode of the month. And I know a few of you knows, knows what that means. That means we got to uh, give a little bit of love to our Patreon supporters. These are just some listeners of the podcast that are like, I love you guys. I want to throw on over a dollar or two. Uh, you can find out more about becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash I am Salt Lake. And I just want to read. I mean, we got some great supporters here, Christina, that, that I want to give some recognition to uh, John Miller. Todd Bjorkland, Tim Heron, Wendy Joe Bradshaw. We had her on the podcast, actually, from Wild West Wendy, the Vippy Mouse yeah. uh, story. The Ute Daddy Lawn Process, Thelma Rother, Nicole Davison, Alex Santi, Riley Padilla, Brandon Hill from Mar- Mountain Standard Time Marketing, Will Dugdale, Jared Aguilar, Brittany Hemingway, Jeff Hadfield, Michael Beck, Eric Tomorrow, Jeff Hat. Man, these are some, we got a lot of good supporters. We got good people. Sana, TW, Alan Martindale, Nick Naylor, Brett Schmidt, Three Irons SLC, Nikki Line from over in New Zealand, Michelle Stevens Williams, Margaret from over at Dirt in Your Skirt podcast. Christopher A. Heiser and Jay Chambers. Dude, thank you guys. If you want to get your name on that list, you can do it for as little as $1 a month. Become a Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash I am Salt Lake. We have links in, in the show notes uh, for every episode. It would mean a lot. I mean, it's a lot of funds to keep this show going, keep the lights going, new equipment. And in between sponsors and Patreon supporters, we can we can do we it We keep here. the lights on. Hey, weekly recommendations. It's totally weekly recommendation time. Do, well, do, 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 do. Uh, you know what, though? Hopefully, <laughs> do we need some intro music I feel like it? we need a little intro music, but hopefully people are paying attention a little bit to this. I don't know. Maybe we're just talking to the wind. Hey, and if we are, we're having fun. But so every, every week, every episode, Christina and I, we give a recommendation, something that... Uh, 
you know, outside of, of a sponsor. We're not getting paid by any of these people, but it's just something that stuff we're, that we're just enjoying this week. So there was a podcast that I was recently on called Goal Link. Uh, it's G O A L I N K. Just search for it in whatever podcast app you're listening to this show. And it was like episode 13. Mm-hmm. It's was, actually a really good show. I was a guest on. Yeah. The whole podcast is really good. I've, yeah. I've listened to all the episodes of it. Um, I was a recent guest on it and I think I opened up pretty good on it. Oh yeah. I actually, it was a, gr- I loved listening to it because it's a side of you that people don't get to see very often. Did too. you learn much about me? Did you learn anything about me since you know, I mean, since we're married. It's, well, it's, right. I know a little bit more about you than the average person, but uh yeah, I think I learned a little bit more about you. So yes, the Goal Link podcast, Ben Harris, they, they, he was actually on this uh, podcast. Like a, we, I think we mentioned it in the interview. His yeah, band. he said he was on episode 69. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> What's your recommendation? <laughs> My recommendation? Okay. Netflix, uh, Netflix came out with the, the final season of a series of unfortunate events. And I'm slowly creeping through it while I work on stuff in the middle of the night, you know. Oh my gosh, you guys. It, you need to watch this show. It is so good. I love it. It's, you know, especially people like me who you kind of like, it's a fun fantasy TV series. What's the show about? So it's based on a book about these three orphans who their house, uh, I don't know, their parents were died in a fire, basically. And it follows their whole experience figuring out who their parents really were. And it's just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. It's it's really well done. Sounds like a show I'd like. I haven't yeah. watched any of them with you. But, yeah, uh, I know. I'm kind of uh, Netflix uh, cheating right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to support our show sponsors, Wizarding Days, Five Wise Vodka, Market Source Real Estate, and The Melting Pot. Hey, don't forget, you can always send us an email just to say hello. We like to know who's out there. Tell us hello. Tell us a little bit about you, even. Uh, our email address is hello at imsaltlake.com. And if you want to send us letters and packages, you can always send it to us at P.O. Box 4412, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84110. You guys have a great week. Get out. Make sure to enjoy the city. Support local. And we'll see you on that next episode. And good night, Grammy. Grammy.